I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Good afternoon. I hope you're having a great Thursday. It is Thursday. February 15th, and I am headed out of town. Um, my wife and I are headed out to a marriage retreat, the Great Smoky Mountain Marriage Retreat down in Sevierville, Tennessee, put on by the Sevierville Church of Christ down there, and we're looking forward to uh, the time uh, spent uh, with fellow Christians, very fellow married couples, um, learning more about how to strengthen our marriage and strengthen our relationship with God and Christ through our marriage. So I look forward to that. Um, but again, as I mentioned yesterday, I want to kind of, um, you know, get some of these uh, videos out. I still want to do these videos every day, so we're going to pre-record today's and tomorrow's and get these out to you. You can still find them uh, on our website as well as the podcast. They're already there if you want to if you want to jump ahead and, and read Mark 2 for tomorrow uh, and take the day off if you want to, however you want to do it. Um, that video will be available. It will not go live, however, on Facebook, tomorrow's video that is, until tomorrow at noon. So hope, hopefully you can uh, catch that then. We are getting into the book of Mark today, so I hope you're excited about that. We finished Matthew yesterday, and so we're getting into a new gospel account today. And so I just wanted to give a little introduction about the book of Mark, some background on it, uh, and, and just so that we can kind of have a better understanding again of the audience. Uh, now Mark is the shortest gospel account, and if you're a proficient reader, uh, you can typically get through this in about an hour, um, and so, uh, of course, that's not going to happen. We're not <laughs> These videos usually go about 20 to 30 minutes, depending, so uh, I take a little bit more time when I'm studying and reading these things out loud to, to talk about it. Now, because we've already gone through Matthew, a lot of the things we're going to find in Mark, especially in the first couple of chapters, um, are things that we've already heard uh, in Matthew. They're just coming from a different angle, um, and in presented in a different way, uh, it would seem. Um, Mark is interesting because there's not a whole lot of commentary. Um, there's a lot of what Jesus does. That's kind of Mark's focus. He he focuses more on what Jesus, is, Jesus did rather than what he taught. Um, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Jesus isn't, or I'm sorry, Mark isn't written to a predominantly Jewish audience. It would seem that his uh, was written more for a non-Jewish audience. And the reason why we um, believe that and what scholars say uh, is that uh, Mark eliminates a, a lot of the things that had little interest for Gentiles, um, things like the genealogy of Jesus. You know, for those who weren't Jews looking for the promised Messiah, this genealogy of Jesus wasn't something that was necessarily important to them. Each time also that Mark mentions Jewish traditions, um, he, he will usually give an explanation, a little bit of commentary around that. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of scholars and, and uh, writers think that Mark was uh, writing to, basic, I guess, basically, a Roman audience. Uh, Gentiles in nature, uh, possibly even converts, uh, but Romans nonetheless. Uh, he often uses Latin phrases in stories where other gospel accounts use Greek phrases, uh, which, again, would indicate more of a Roman audience rather than Greek. Um, a 
according to Clement uh, of Alexandria, Mark um, had received a request from Christians in Rome to send a letter or, or write down the account of Jesus's life from the um, from the view of Peter as he heard it from Peter. Um, and uh, again, this letter was actually anonymous, and the only thing that we have that really points to Mark being the author is Clement of Alexandria, and, and tradition, more or less. Um, but the, the text itself is more uh, of a, anonymous in nature, uh, but that tradition typically points to John Mark, as the name of the, the writer, the full name of the writer. Uh, well, not full name, uh, but John Mark as being the writer. Again, um, writing from the, the point of view of Peter, as Peter uh, recalled and accounts the uh, the life of Christ. Uh, as I mentioned before, um, Mark focuses on what Jesus did rather than what he taught. And kind of the overarching theme uh, of Mark is that of Jesus um, as a servant, one who helps others um, rather than a great teacher. Of course, we know he's a great teacher. We see that in, in Matthew and we see some of that in Mark as well. But a lot of the miracles that Jesus does, a lot of the actions that Jesus does, we find uh, detailed a little bit more in depth here with, with Mark. Um, and the reason I think that is done, and, and what other writers have said as well, is that because uh, uh, the the things that Jesus does, or, or did rather, um, during his life on earth, um, shows how much he loves us, how much he loves the people, and how he can how he cares for them, um, and those things can be seen uh, in his in the things that he did. All right, so let's get into Mark chapter one. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So we saw that in Matthew as well. Whoa. Of course, we are talking about John the Baptist. Verse 4, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and, of, and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, come, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So again, some very similar um, uh, accounts uh, of what John the Baptist was preaching and teaching, what he did, similar to what we saw in Matthew. Now, the baptism of Jesus. Now, you're going to notice a lot of the things that we saw in Matthew, Mark touches on them, but they're very quick. It's it's a, it's a almost like a rapid-fire rapid, rapid fire gospel. These are the high points you need. Here you go. So, verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, there again we have the up out of the water, indicating the immersion of baptism. Immediately, he saw the heavens being torn open uh, and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. So, I like the uh, the phrase that, that Mark uses, that uh, the heavens were torn open. Um, makes it seem a lot more dramatic. 
Um, of course, this would have been one of those epic events that, that happened uh, to show the power and glory of God. Um, but adding the word torn in there just, just kind of adds an element of, wow. Verse 12, the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. Uh, they jumped in a jeep and drove, no, I'm just kidding, drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. So, again, what Matthew takes uh, several verses to go through the temptations of Jesus, the exact details of Jesus' temptation. Mark just says the Spirit took him out into the wilderness. He was tempted by Satan, the angels, and the animals. Or he was with the wild animals, and the angels ministered to him. All of those things we got from Matthew's account. It doesn't contradict Matthew's account. We just have a, a quicker version of it. We just don't have all the details. You want all the details? Look at Matthew or look at another gospel account. Like uh, I think Luke goes through it as well. Verse 14. Now after John, John the Baptist, was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. All right. So John the Baptist is arrested and then Jesus' ministry begins. Uh, and the, the path had been laid and Jesus goes out and begins his ministry there. Um, and again, the same thing that he started preaching was preached by John the Baptist and continued to be preached by Jesus throughout his ministry. Repent and believe. Two important aspects to it. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Important detail. Because if they were casting their net into the sea and they weren't fishermen, that'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Verse 17, And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were in their boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with their hired servants and followed him. So here we have the calling of Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Uh, Mark refers to Peter as Simon. Um, again, if this is coming from Peter's point of view, um, you know, Peter and Simon would have probably been interchangeable. It would have just been, you know, what he was known by. Um, the uh, the call of the two or the four disciples here, both brothers, both workers, both fishermen, uh, both sets were fishermen. Uh, notice that both of them, as we mentioned in Matthew, immediately left when Jesus said, "Follow me." Uh, and as we've talked about before, uh, along with you know the cost of being a disciple of Christ, there is a cost. Uh, and sometimes that means leaving everything behind. And uh, in the case of Simon, uh, or Peter, and Andrew, and James, and John, they left behind a profession. They left behind income, um, probably, uh, you know, uh, houses, families, etc. Um, and James and John, they left behind their father, their servants, their business, the same sort of things. Um, and so, again, we see uh, an important trade-off that happens um, but a, a trade-off that is worth it, nonetheless. Uh, verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. Uh, I think we might have touched on this a little bit in Matthew, but something that's important about this is that scribes spoke from a uh, position of knowledge. That they... Uh, you know, by writing the law over and over, they knew what the word said. But it wasn't an authoritative standpoint. 
Uh, Jesus' presentation and his knowledge of the word was presented with authority, uh, meaning that it, it seemed to come from him rather than another source uh, for which the scribes would have been uh, giving their stuff. So they were basically quoting other things, whereas Jesus was saying it as it was coming from his own mouth. Um, so that's um, something I think that's important to understand about how Jesus spoke and taught and how people saw that. Verse 23, And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, Who is this, or what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. So tucked into this section here is an important aspect that I think Mark pushes pretty heavily throughout um, throughout the, his, his book. Um, Mark focuses on three major audiences. He focuses on uh, the disciples the crowds, and the religious leaders. Um, the disciple, and none of them, by the way, all three of them, didn't understand, didn't fully understand who Jesus was, except for the disciples who figured it out after he died. But the others, you know, you had the disciples who were taught by him, you had the crowds who um, followed him, and you had the religious leaders who um, reviled him. Um, and then at the end, at the crucifixion, at, at, when, when everything comes together, at the end of Mark, you have the disciples who abandon him, the crowds that jeer him, and the religious leaders who basically killed him. Um, and so you have all of these people who just didn't get it. They didn't get it. However, in this section, we see at least, well, this would be multiple entities who got it. They knew who Jesus was. I say they because the plural form is used. The demon, the unclean spirit, uh, is said, come to destroy us. So whether whether there are multiple unclean spirits in this man, or maybe this person or this spirit uh, was speaking plurally about other unclean spirits that may be in the vicinity and could hear him, um, he says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Immediately they know his name, they know where he's from. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. An unclean spirit recognized him, but the men, the women, his disciples who followed him and ministered to him and, and, and did as he commanded, not even they understood that until after he was raised from the dead. It's something I think we can apply there as well. Verse 29. And immediately Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew and with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left, it, left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. There it is again. 
Why do you think Jesus didn't want the demons to speak out and say who Jesus was? I want you to leave your comment in this uh, section below. Tell and, and let us know. You know, f join the conversation. Start a conversation. Why didn't Jesus want the demons to say his name or tell people who he was? Let's, I want to hear your thoughts on that. But notice that Jesus heals many here. This is these are actions being taken by Jesus. Not a whole lot of red letters here. Words of Jesus that are coming out right now. Not a whole lot of teachings, but there are a whole lot of actions. Here's another one, verse 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So again, action, action, action. I need to be doing these other things, not just focusing on these people in this town that I've healed, uh, but others that need to, to know who I am. Verse 40, And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. So once again, we have Jesus telling someone that he heals not to say anything. Don't tell anybody what happened. Don't tell anybody what I did to you. Instead, follow the law of Moses and go offer a sacrifice uh, for a proof. Um, so again, why didn't Jesus want this man telling everybody about him? Well, I think in this case, he didn't want the attention. He didn't want people flooding into him like hap what happened at Simon, uh, Simon Peter's house. You know, they went out and they got all the sick and all the, all the demon-possessed people and brought them to Simon's house so that Jesus could heal them. And, of course, his fame spread and everybody was like, oh, we got to come to Peter's house. That's where the healer is. But Jesus needs, he said, he's got to get out and he has to get the good news out and he needs to reach several different communities and areas. But because of this, he was no longer able to enter cities and do that. Instead, he had to stay out uh, in the wilderness areas and people would have to come to him to get it. Um, and I think that's an important aspect to understand perhaps why he had to send the disciples out on that limited commission that we looked at uh, back in Matthew about going and preparing the way for him because he wasn't able to go into all of these towns because of the fame and glory that had been uh, you know, spread about him. So, um, of course, today, however, uh, the opposite is true. Uh, Jesus at this time was wanting people, uh, he was wanting to get to people, but today he wants people to come to him. Just as we see here, uh, as he goes out into those desolate places, people, he wants people to come to him. And that's the same thing as we have today. You know, Jesus gives wonderful teachings and wonderful lessons, and no longer does he say, don't tell anyone what I've done for you. Instead, as we just looked in Matthew chapter 28 yesterday, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that, to observe all that I have commanded. 
You see, Jesus has done a wonderful thing for us by taking away our sins, by paying the debt for us on the cross. And he says, go tell people about it. So that's your charge for today. As I mentioned before, I want you to leave a comment in the section below. Why didn't Jesus want the demons to say who he was? I want to hear your thoughts on that. Tomorrow we'll get into Mark chapter 2 and look at uh, some more things that Jesus does as he goes about his earthly ministry in Mark's gospel account. I hope you can join us for that. If you'd like to catch up on previous lessons or previous sermons that we've done related to this uh, topic of being together in God's Word in 2018, you can go to our website right there, loveland.church, and you can find out all the information you want about the church that meets here in Loveland. And as I mentioned, if you go up to the media section there, you can click on Daily Bible Study and you can get the previous videos uh, for the lessons that we've done here on Facebook Live. Uh, And if you click on Sermons, you can get the sermons that we've done in the past as well. Uh, Each Sunday we're doing lessons... uh, Based in the reading for this week, this week, uh, one of our elders, Kip Ping, uh, will will be bringing us the lesson as I'll be out of town. Um, But you can see the previous lessons uh, on our website, and you can also subscribe to uh, the podcast versions as well. I hope you have a great rest of your day. If we can assist you in any way, if we can pray for you, we want you to reach out to us. You can do so at info at loveland.church. You can also, of course, message us right here on Facebook. Or if you have any questions about this study, always leave them in the comment section below. That does help, of course, the conversation get started and more people to be able to see this video as well. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. For a better one, bright and fair, Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears no sorrow can be found, and I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe, and crown.